0: Hello and welcome to episode three hundred and thirteen of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Ian Ashcroft and Dave West, comics creators, and the team of Kia Ward Smith. Now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there, Dave. Thanks so much for coming back on the on the podcast. Um, as the writer, I'm going to ask you for for the elevator pitch for this book, and um, also. Um, if you could give us a quick bio about yourself. Okay, yeah, certainly. So uh so
1: the elevator pitch then, so Keir Wordsmith is um is a character, it's a very fantasy sort of set comic, a very fantasy set story, uh, where science and magic coexist. So, you know, people didn't stop believing in magic when science came along, they just started to expand both. Um, she's kind of uh the, the cities at war, or the whole sort of continents at war. Um she's left behind and she's a typical disgruntled teenage girl that wants to get some kicks so she's she takes to running along the rooftop, she's quite nimble and things the city's so set out and she spots a thief so she follows the thief running across the rooftops and then she ends up in a wizard's tower and steals something from the wizard or lets something loose um, she, which you know, a typical teenage girl reckless would do kind of thing you know, just for a bit of fun um, but that starts the whole story of her being tracked down by the things that want this creature that she's released so it kind of and she was actually set up by the wizard to do this, so it's preordained. So it's all kind of looping round. Um, but basically, the story follows her as she tries to deal with the implications of stealing from a wizard or releasing this mm-hmm. creature.
0: Very cool. And uh, just a quick bio. Like I know that *Kia* is yeah. not the only only thing that you write. You want to talk about some of the other things that you do?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it's kind of. So
1: I've been doing this for about
0: as a hobby now for about
1: twenty years. Um, so I started with uh, my own little hand-drawn, cartoony things. Um, then I wrote something called Whatever Happened to the World's Fastest Man uh, and someone else drew that and it won an Eagle Award which is our kind of small version of the Eisner, if you want it's a very kind of, you know, it's a British thing uh, for best British black and white comic and I really enjoyed the writing and seeing what artists do to interpret the story uh, more than me trying to <laughs> trying to do the drawings myself in my very uh, cartoony style so, so i moved more into writing now so I've written a few th- things so there's a Western Wild, which is a Western horror um, which does quite well. That's been on Kickstarter. Um, we do a I do a steampunk kind of Victorian robot story as well, called Stevenson's Robot, where Stevenson and Brunel historically in in Britain they can t- competed over building the railroads for Queen Victoria, but in this story they actually compete over building robots. Um, so it's kind of twisted reality if you want. Uh, and I do know that last, I guess the last thing I'll mention is the blessed cursed, where people like you or I might have an ability, but how do you live with it? And there's always a good side and a bad side to an ability. So the fastest man, which is the first one I did, um, he can stop time, but when it's frozen for everybody else, obviously he continues to age. So it's that duality of doing things with it, but not aging quicker than his friends, you know, you know, so it's that kind of twist.
0: Very cool. And, and Ian, we're excited to, to catch up with you. Um, you know, you're the, uh, the other half of this book, uh, you want to talk about uh, your your bio and uh, you know a little bit about the art that you've done. Yeah, well, thanks for having
2: us both back. It's um, really nice to be back, and thanks for supporting us as well. And um, well, my bio is a bit shorter than Dave's. Dave, I met Dave, and that um, Dave had a look at my artwork, and um, he took me on to do a ten-page short story in Tales of Western Noir. Um, which is a spin-off of, of one of the bigger books he's just been talking about. And then um, that led to Keir Wordsmith. So we've done three issues and sort of um, another story that runs alongside those three issues called The In-Between, which is what we were on, talking about last time we were on. Um, so it's feeling quite good now because th- I thought the other day, I thought I've done over 100 pages of K. Wordsmith now, so that's pretty good because just that felt like a big achievement in itself and then I've done the odd little two pages here and there for like um some anthologies but mainly for charity ones um I've done a couple of covers I've done covers um for Dino Thrashes and uh, Masonic High as well um and I also Work with um, a British writer called Pat Mills who started 2000 AD and wrote stories like Nemesis, The Warlock, and Slaying. And um, I'm working on a story for him called Hellbreaker at the moment. Um, there was like a ten-page version of that that came out in a in an anthology over here called Spacewalk, and that's it really. It's just you know. I keep on getting a few little commissions here and there, which is nice as well. But the two, excuse me, the two main books are Keir Wordsmith" and then and then "Hellbreaker" with Pat as well. So that'd be that'd be my sort of bio.
0: Very cool. Hey uh, Noah, I'll let you lead off with the with the first question for the guys.
3: Yeah. Well, I had a last time we were on, we were talking about the in between, and the in between was sort of a a cool a little side quest story in between issues one and two if I'm correct right like that's that's what that's what that's what the in between was I think when we talked about last time you guys sort of had felt like it was a kind of freeing to do that issue because you got to be a little more abstract and a little weirder in the issue and uh, I'm wondering what it's like now coming back to the main story is it sort of I mean, I'm, get, I'm, I'm sure it's still fun, but does it feel more restrictive to kind of get back into the plot that you've done sort of something a little more experimental and weird? Uh, I'm interested in both of you guys' perspectives okay, yeah, on yeah. that. I'll, I'll
1: go first, Ian, and then you can... Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of... I kind of
1: so, so with the in-between, it started as, a, as Ian's idea, actually, that um, we kind of jumped between issues one and two, where she walks into this, the nexus or the in-between, which is also the play she goes through as well. as the name of the comic um she goes into this place and it's going to be a late page kind of kickstarter kind of giveaway kind of thing you know incentive uh and then he became more into it i think with the art sort of and things visualized in his head and he did end up with like 20 odd pages i can't remember in the end
3: um, oh yeah like, it's a hefty issue yeah, yeah.
1: Sort of stuff. so the kind of and the idea was she sees the future self uh, kia but she can't they can't communicate so they they see, you know, but that, that's the sort of the basic, and then Ian took that in all sorts of directions with all sorts of lovely visuals. Also the creature itself becomes something else in the in the in between, so it kind of evolves or grows into something. Um so that's it's kind of that's where its natural habitat is. Um so it's just some basic ideas, wasn't it, Ian, that we discussed, and then you went off and and waxed lyrical artistically and produced some amazing di- drawings and it was just like, right, great. It grew and grew. Um over to you, Ian. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I I said last time I loved drawing the in between because it was it was almost it could have almost been just a dream sequence really, and it was just a chance to throw in a lot of really cool imagery and stuff. But um, what I think is great about issue three is is the amount of new characters we're introducing. So when you're introducing all these new characters that haven't appeared in the story so far, that's really great fun as well I'm sure like for writers and artists just coming up with character concepts and um, you know Dave Dave had written down his script and uh, we sort of started uh, I'd send a design to Dave and say would this work and you know in the first um, section of the book we're introducing all these different characters that are all having a meeting we're calling back a wizard who we saw in the first issue that we haven't really seen since. Um, so, to be honest, the stories really something that I, I've, I've said before, I love doing it, and it's right up my sort of, like, it. it when I think about all the kind of stories I enjoy, the Key Wordsmith ticks a lot of boxes for me. So, car- character creation, coming up with, really amazing locations that are based in a sort of fantasy world and to me it it's just a continuation is really it's like a, a big like world that I can just go in different directions and yeah this issue is a bit more scripted but I didn't mind that at all because I'd had my moment where I'd been all like free to draw whatever I wanted so it was quite nice to go back to a script as well and Think about how I'm going to break the panels down, so you yeah, haven't got too many speech bubbles and stuff going on on one sort of panel. So yeah, that that for me that would be the main thing. The, the character design and the world building and all that kind of stuff keeps it pretty fresh for me, and, and equally as enjoyable as all the other books that we've done before.
1: Yeah, we'll um, say that you uh, you did take liberty a little bit, one of the characters you and you created your own dog-headed character, which was <laughs> which I quite liked. So uh, yeah, the thing working within is it's quite we we do kind of I like the kind of it's, it's organic, I guess almost it kind of happens. Bits of it just happen without the script. Um, I have tried this time because now I'm working more within some some scripts are written very very tight. You know, panel by panel, you know, dialogue, text, description of the panel, etc. Within, I kind of, now we've got this kind of beat, I think, where I kind of I, I lay out the main events that need to happen and the dialogue that needs to happen in those events and the people that need to be there. And that probably, on paper, fills probably two-thirds of a the book. Then I'll let Ian just do his thing. So he kind of expands it and does other things with the art and takes it in slightly different directions if he wants to, if it kind of flows that way. I think that's working quite well. I think that happened in his last one, Ian, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, this one's slightly longer
2: than all the others as well. This one's 27 pages. So I I did sort of panic at one point and said, oh, Dave, do you mind if i run over 24 pages? Because we've kept all the others to about 24, I think 25. And he was like, no, just go however many you want. So it just meant that I could focus on some of the visuals that I wanted to put in there. And the dog-headed character that David described, this big brute who, who when he walks through a door, he fills the door frame and stuff. And I thought, well, how am I going to do that? It doesn't look like every other. And I always, always love drawing, like, anthropomorphic characters. And, like, I've really always drawn bulldogs as well since I was a kid. And I just thought, I know what I can do. I can have this, like, bulldog massive guy who's going to be part of our world as well. And he, he's a character I really enjoy drawing. And um, I think he, he fits in nicely with all the others as well. Yeah, it doesn't just, seem to uh, be uh, dogs. I, head.
1: I, I, I agree. It's great. But, you know, as a writer, I've had to think, well, where does he come from then? Because there's never been anything. There's no dogs in the place. There's no dog headed. So I had to create a backstory for him. And I've got someone else to illustrate that. And it's the comic's called Scar. Which is also on the Kickstarter. So I thought, well, as that comes out with him appearing, I can do the backstory of how he met the thief, etc. So it kind of we do feed off each other. I do enjoy that. You know,
3: so yeah. Uh,
1: Bye. That's
2: that's the thing as well because we don't live nearby, so we don't like. This is pretty much the first time we've spoken, isn't it, Dave? Since yeah. Thought Bubble, probably. What's well, another oh, well. Yeah, Portsmouth. That's right, Portsmouth. We went we went to a comic con down south which was quite a journey for me. It's a little bit closer for Dave. Yeah. When I say journey, uh, for people in America, it probably, because <laughs> everywhere's away <laughs> in America. Down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we met up there, but yeah, we don't get to have like conversations that often. So we have to know, like, I feel like we've got to a point now where we've got like a bit of a shorthand where yeah. I kind of, I know what Dave's looking for from his script and, like, what? What the other thing I've enjoyed about this one is, like, really focusing on my colouring because I felt, like, between issue two and the in-between, my colouring got a lot better mm. uh, and I've wanted to up that and up that every time and I think it's got slightly better again in, in, in issue three. So, I'm hoping that when, if readers pick up them all, they'll see that slight improvement in the artwork. Yeah, yeah. especially from yeah. issue one.
3: Yeah, I'm looking so, at all three right now, and it's it is amazing. Ian, obviously, I was a fan of yours. I think I became a fan of yours around the time issue one came out. Yeah, and it's it's just been cool to see how you pushed yourself to polish your style. Not that I like at the time; I thought it wasn't polished, but it just sort of was one of those things where I didn't think it could get better. And it's really cool to see uh, it get more like it, it get cool. And now being a Patreon on your Patreon, it's awesome uh, to watch you. Put out pages and yeah, work on colors and everything like that. Especially with the Hellbreaker stuff, I'm I'm really digging what you're doing there. But uh, yeah, Matt, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
0: No, it's okay. You you guys had mentioned that uh, you know in person you see each other you know periodically at uh, you know events and and cons. But what's the the sort of communication process like as like pages are being worked on? Um, Ian, are you sending Dave like you know this is sort of the general layout? This is what I'm thinking. And he like like are in agreement, or have you guys evolved over time that you can like almost give him a completed page? So I I really like working with Dave mainly
2: because Dave just says that Dave never tells me to go back and redraw something. Dave just always I think if I, like if I give him a problem with the um, visuals where I've maybe moved off script a bit, Dave doesn't think no redraw. He'll think right. Well, how can I work that into the script? The other right, right, work with. He's very different. He'll he'll insist on changes. So one of the things that I really and and that's fine as well. There's no problem with that. But I really do like the freedom of um the way Dave approaches it, and and I think we both approach um this as as a as something that's fun something that we, we want to do just because we really enjoy making comics Um neither of us are going to make millions of pounds or dollars out of doing this it's it's just because you have to have a, a, a big reason to sit there for hours and hours drawing and drawing and drawing and for dave writing and coming up with concepts and uh, it has to be fun and and it's always been fun working with dave because i know that he'll he'll indulge me and he'll he'll let me go in different directions artistically and it'll never be a problem I suppose if I went really really extremely wide of the mark he would rein me in a little bit but so far it's just been a real pleasure I mean the only time I think you've ever had to ask me to do something Dave was on the I think it was the first issue when I started with a double page splash and he said, oh "Oh, no, you're going to need a a page before that. We've got to start on a single page. And I had no idea about that. So, But the good thing about that was when I ended up drawing the first page, of the first ever, if you like, one that appears first in the comics, I I still look at that page now and think, well, that's a page that shouldn't have really happened because I hadn't planned to do it. But it's one of my favourite pages and it starts with like, A little circular panel of care in the middle and then all the day-to-day activities in the top half and then like a cityscape in the bottom half. Mm -hmm. And that cityscape always gives me like a good feeling as well because um I think one of your family was in Glasgow at the time, Dave, where so you were taking photos of Glasgow, and I was like, I'm from near Liverpool as well. So I had pictures I'd taken of Liverpool. You lost him. When you look at it, it all looks... Um, half of its uh, it, buildings in Glasgow and half of its buildings in Liverpool. So that was the only time I think I, I went... I made a bit of an error and Dave pulled me up on it. But other than that,
1: Dave... Yeah, was just I, enjoy, I, enjoy, great I work. enjoy all the artists doing their thing, really. So, you know, I, I love to see what they produce based on the words. Sometimes my words weren't precise enough and I can see why they've gone somewhere. And I, and I quite enjoy that. It's kind of... Um, I think someone, when I described it, said it's the Marvel style. So I send out script... People send the art back and then I tend to write a new script almost on top of the art. So I won't I won't yeah. try and pitch this all the words I've used before. So I don't need to say that because he's drawn it, but I can say something else. So that's that's quite fun really. So I'm almost writing it twice, but the, the initial draft, if you want, which the artist uses, is more of a, a framework and the guideline to cut kind of, these things need to happen. This is a story we need to tell. This is the beginning and the end. And these are some key elements. But oh other than that, just you know, you can do things, you can just be free. What I didn't want to do with my first time I worked with different artists was probably on the uh, was Wolfman, actually, with Andy Bloor, was not to try and... I mean, I my, I would draw things a certain way, but I'm not a great artist, so why constrain the artist to do... to draw how I would think it? So they'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll bring different perspectives and different things I would never dream of because I'm not that good. So I didn't want to constrain the artist by my limitations, I guess. So it's kind of... And each artist is different, so some of them just can't work like that. They need the panels, they need it. They'll do their own thing within the panel, largely, but... They need to be told almost what's happening at each step. And that's fine as well.
0: Cool. Um, so do you guys have a letterer on the book or, or one of you guys handling that, uh, no, I, I that aspect? That. Yeah, I tend to do that. I'm, I'm learning that as well. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the okay. Clip Studio is what I
1: use for that. And
0: yeah, does that allow pretty... you almost a, a third and final um review stage because you know you, you have the one stage where you're, you're given Ian the basic ideas then you're yeah. seeing the imagery and that's giving you a chance to change and then third and final um yeah, yeah. you know you, you go into letters so that almost gives you like three rounds to refine you know there's the whole show don't tell so yeah, something yeah. Ian might have conveyed in the art now you don't have to to write yes. out right so okay cool yeah, yeah yeah my daughter edits
1: things so my daughter recently finished a degree in English literature so she's my editor now so she she then gives it a read through and says it's a bit wordy you, who wouldn't <laughs> speak like that you know <laughs> and I, I do try and I'm always trying to my pushback to her was, well I'm trying to give them different voices so some are a bit more verbose than others she said yeah but these two guys are both very verbose <laughs> so you know I think oh yeah no you're right so one of them becomes and I cut the other one's dialogue down a bit so having an editor is really quite. I think it's um something i've not done in my early books but i think i really do value it it's uh, the first time she edited one of them which may have been kia one actually she was brutal and i thought my god <laughs> <laughs> everything everything is wrong you know it's just terrible yeah. you know this com- should be comma here to, to you wouldn't speak like that to you've already said this to you know all, everything was i was saying oh my god there's pages there's more pages of, of corrections than there were of actual script." <laughs> uh, but I've but I've got used to it, and at the end of the day, it's you know you've got to remember that the person that's editing it just wants it to be as good as it can be. That's it's right. nothing personal, you know. She might be trying to get back at me, I guess, over the years. But um, but yeah, and it's the books are much better for it. Sometimes I push back and say no, I want to say that, and I know it's not quite right. Yeah. But that's you know. But yeah, mostly ninety percent of the time, I take what she says and I do I do edit the books, change them.
0: Cool. Does she have a Does she have a background with with comics? Because you know, a lot of times. You know, in comics, you know, like I'm thinking of like an old Marvel comic where it'd be like, you know, Magneto mm. would walk through the door and he would go, you, "As you know, I am Magneto, the master of magnetism." <laughs> like, in like people, you know, yeah. wouldn't talk like that in a proper sort of like prose novel. Yeah. So, is there, does she have a background on how sometimes you do have to convey some of the information through yeah, yeah, the yeah. dialogue? Yeah. Okay. So she,
1: yeah. So I got into comics. So I tried to get in comics from a very early age, just reading comics. Uh, in the end, it was a Teen Titans cartoon that got her into that whole world. And then I got the comic of the cartoon. Then I got the comic of the comic, you know, and then she evolved. Uh, she's more of a DC reader than a, than a Marvel. Um, she prefers the magic stuff as well than the traditional superhero stuff. And then she's moved into manga, which I see is a little bit of going to the other side, you know, the dark side, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but she's read loads of comics, so she has a really good understanding nice. of it, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Noah, do
0: you have a question for the guys? uh yeah um i was just gonna ask yeah about like
3: i actually had a question about the in-between um off of lettering um one of the things i like about uh the dialogue from uh the the jigsaw uh woman is that like it's like small and like you have to like really hone in on it in order to figure out what it is but it has this like surreal quality to it it's very um yeah, it's very dreamlike, you know, where you have to, like, focus in. Was that intentional? Was that, like, I yeah. want to yeah, talk about that yeah, process yeah. a bit there.
1: So the idea is, and the words aren't actually words, but the idea right. is, that, you know, you know they're speaking, but she's saying something, but Kia can't make sense of it. It just is too quiet or it's not intelligible. Now, my idea is that I'll do something called Stevenson's Robot on Kia. So the Jigsaw Girl is a big character in Stevenson's Robot, who is Kia, you know, when she grows up. So I'm going to tell the same. There'll be the same pages in a collected book, but the dialogue on the other side. So you'll then hear what Kia, what Jigsaw Girl says, but not what Kia says.
3: So it's uh, yeah. So that's that will come out sometime. <laughs> that's so cool. And, um, Ian, um, what's been what what's it been like with uh, like keeping up with all these projects at once? With you know doing Kia because like again. You're doing Kia stuff. You're doing concepts for Hellbreaker. I'm sure you're starting to do pages for Hellbreaker. How do you balance all that, and then also have a job where you teach and everything? Are you just like up all hours of the night? What's uh, yeah. What, yeah sure I am. Like these days,
2: it look it's crazy. I, um, I I really. Me and Dave had a brief conversation about it. I really wanted to get care out before Christmas. And then the timeline looked like October was our now or never moment kind of thing. And I still had about five pages to colour. But the colouring of each page, it sort of pretty much takes me as long to colour them as it takes me to draw them as well. So a lot of work goes into that bit. And I basically just, uh, to get those five pages done, I had like... A week and I thought I don't know if I could do it so I almost tested myself to feel like could I could can I get them all done almost like if it was a professional career but to do that I was staying up really late I used my whole weekend to get it through but that's on me really because if I'd have been a little bit more organized with my time I wouldn't have had to sort of condense that to the end I mean I don't think there's any drop in quality it actually I was sort of working across three pages at once to sort of meet the deadline but going back to having Kia and Hellbreaker I, I sort of touched on this before, Kia's such a lot of fun, Hellbreaker's a lot of fun but Hellbreaker's really testing me because you know, there's some of the concepts and set pieces that are in that are like really outside my comfort zone but that's kind of like why I wanted to do it, I wanted to see if I could work for someone like Pat Mills, if I could be pushed and being told that that's not quite good enough and keep coming back and not bottling it or, or sort of, you know, withdrawing into myself and thinking I'm not good enough. I wanted that challenge. I think that's the next sort of stage for me. And I think I think one of the reasons that in between and hopefully issue three are slightly better in quality than issues one and two is because I've had this back and forth with Pat and it's taught me a lot. And then hopefully I can put that into the, the comics that I do with Dave as well. But um it's it's a it's a massive struggle. I've got a young family, I've got a full-time job that's really hands-on. I've got Kia and I've now got this 48-page book with Pat. It's a lot to take on. I've I've no intention of coming off Kia. I'm desperate to get Pat's work finished as well. It's just about using every minute that you can. And hopefully not detracting from your work or your family life as well so often it's late at night it's just burning the midnight oil really and trying to just look after yourself and keep yourself healthy and knowing when enough's enough and you need a break so since key has come to Kickstarter I haven't done uh, a huge amount of artwork because I just feel like I need like a little bit of time and then I'll be launching into pat I've still done I've still done quite a few pages but I haven't really gone for it in the way I was going for it um you know, I just felt like I needed a little bit of a break from it so it didn't become like I said I want it to be fun so if I need to step back for it to be fun then, then yeah, yeah. You've, got, you've got to think and about it your- and I
1: understand that of all my artists so they're all everyone's got a day job I mean I work in IT one of my guys works in a in a in a warehouse. You know, one of the tattooists. I think so. You know, there's a whole range of stuff. We'll have lives outside. This has got to be fun. It's got to be a hobby. If it becomes something that you dread, like maybe some people dread their day job. I mean, unfortunately, I don't. But uh, it's no fun anymore. I and mean, why are you doing it? Kind of thing. Because there isn't. I do try and pay as well as we can. You know, and all the rest of it. But it's not. It's not going to pay the mortgage (laughs) you know in the day it's especially Mm -hmm. nowadays um but yeah it's kind of uh, it's got to be fun and enjoyable so with with Ian and uh, at Thought Bubble we've got a big event coming up in a couple of a few weeks um at Harrogate called Thought Bubble which is the biggest UK comic con really um it takes over the whole town it's a kind of a northern Yorkshire town it's lovely it's a lovely event a lovely venue as well now um and we'll have a good chat and what I'll talk to Ian about is issue four you know, timelines, you know, when, when I can give him the script, because I'm really, yeah, although I, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Because I don't want to kind of, I don't want to load too much on you. And, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be fun. So we'll have a chat. Are we going to try and aim for Thought Bubble next year? Which is what we tend to do. We try and get this one a year sort of issue. Um, but if, you know what, if it's a bit later, it's not the end of the world. The beauty about the small press and the independent world in the UK is there. are not You tend to do a city a year, you know, so... If I brought out two a year or one a year, or you know, it's the people will buy them anyway. They're not, they're not demanding them, you know, each each month or two months. Yeah. Um, it's quite nice that they turn up and they go, "What's the latest issue?" and they go, "They just buy it." You know, it's yeah. that's quite cool.
2: I think as well, you'd be surprised how much spare time you do have if you really, if you really think about it and you think oh, yeah. like, "How oh, can I use my day as best as I can?" You're like, you are like, the time is there. It's just whether you you know you can clear that time, make that time for yourself. And what I try and do, and anyone who's drawing comics or anything like that, what I would say to them is just try and draw every day. It doesn't have to be for hours and hours on end. Even if you get one panel drawn, it's one more panel out of the way and cleared, and then you can move on to the next one, can't you? So you'll know that never from doing your artwork, and you just keep on going at it, don't you, and just getting through it. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's a hobby. Some people's hobbies, going to play football or whatever it is, play a sport, mind sitting at a table drawing <laughs> some pictures. <laughs> just, you don't grow up as an artist, do you? You're still almost like doing a childlike activity and just carrying on with that. You just never move on. So, yeah, I
1: love it. I think you're getting more, get more out of concept, though, aren't you? And you seem to be more recognised and sought after. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So your reputation is growing, which is good to see. Yeah, it's lovely. I've just done a commission
2: for... um an American guy who's got a Kickstarter out at the moment. A lot of the commissions I get are from America. Um, I don't tend to get as many from England, to be honest. So I don't know what that says. I don't know whether my style sort of resonates with an American audience more than a British one. I don't know. But um, yeah, I do tend to pick up most of my commissions from America. So that's that's great as well, to know that it's going out across the globe
3: yeah i mean do you, two of us i mean we both own a, i own two originals yeah you.
0: you do yeah i have and, i uh, have i have two as well oh you so have two don't, as don't, well okay don't flex yeah. don't flex on me um,
3: yeah. <laughs> I mine's bigger though
0: matt <laughs> that's, that's true That's that is yeah. true that, <laughs> uh, both thank you frame thank you
3: thank you both. yeah yeah, yeah. Great. yeah. Um, yeah. Are you doing, are you doing um, sketches for this Kickstarter too, Ian? Is that an add-on? I don't know. Um, we haven't got them at the
2: moment because Dave, again, wants to look after me and make sure I'm not taking too much on. And then every now and again, because we're in that mid-section of the Kickstarter where...
1: I think I'm right in saying, Dave, that we're still picking them up pretty much daily, aren't we? Yeah, back, yeah. And this, and so, so I'll quickly dip in there. So Kia is different to any other Kickstarter I run. Usually we get the first week is mad and it just then it just tanks, yeah. You get nothing for like the middle two weeks pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then the last week it goes massive again. And that that's it. So you get this drop-off. With Kia, if you look at our you know, you talked about Kickstarter earlier, I think the dashboard and things you can see. You get, so you get a massive spike and then it's sort of every day we get one or two backers so we get like it just continues to slowly climb until the last week hopefully when it will then spike again so with with kia it's kind of a so i gave western while the previous one just the 21 days i think three weeks because the middle bit is just it's just wasted and my artist for that <laughs> he he messaged me every every minute oh, it's not doing very well we haven't any backers what do you do it's just it's just a worry but you know just relax it's doing okay um, but with, with Kia, because we get that, people seem to stumble over it and they back it, you know, throughout that middle period. I've kept it for the four weeks, the full month. Um, yeah, we- I like keeping it for the full
2: month because I see it as like a shop window. And um, me and Dave definitely like the money's great and everything, but we definitely put readers first. So the amount of readers. So every time I get a new reader, that's the first thing I look for. Like, have we got a new? backer rather than have we made it to this next stretch goal and that's a genuine thing it's like I didn't used to on the first one I was like more money orientated wondering how much it was going to make and then Dave sort of turned my like whole thought process on it around he was like I just want people to read it in and I was like yeah and and when we measure ourselves against readers I think we do really well. At, you know, when I look at what other Kickstarters do, they might make double the money we do, but we seem to outperform a lot of these on the amount of readers because Dave's very good at putting together, like, packages where it's not going to cost people overseas a huge extortionate amount of money on the postage or anything like that. So we try and... I know Dave definitely tries to give people value for money. Yeah, um, yeah saying about the scar comic that he's done with another artist which is excellent as well. You can pick up both of those for like what is it 9 pound physical something it's really good. So um you know I'm really proud of the products that we're putting out there and hopefully people are starting to really enjoy
3: the story as well. Yeah I was going to say while you were talking I was remembering you guys are an inspiration to me for sure but what was really fortuitous about the last two times we had you guys both on was you shared that philosophy with us for issue two and in the in-between Ian. And it lined up really well with when we were doing Dino Thrashers. So Matt and I sort of had the same philosophy going into those Kickstarters that you had, where it's so much better to have a new reader. And yeah, same with you, Dave, like the, both of your philosophies to have the new readers. Yeah. That's what's important. Cause again, it's that, it's that hobby mindset too, that passion that this is what it's all about is just getting yeah. people to read the book. Yeah. But it was, it's really fortuitous to have you guys on again as we're, you know, we're all doing our own comic stuff and just sort of share that love and passion with everyone. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I had another point to make too, but I was complimenting you guys and I lost track of my thoughts, but it was, <laughs> I, I do really appreciate you guys and what you do with comics. Cause it's, it's very important. And, um, I'm curious. I have a question. It's a very broad question for both of you guys. I'll try to be specific as possible, but we've talked about on previous issues with you, Dave, about how you balance all the different projects, how you work on different comics and things like that. But I guess I want to dig like a little deeper and ask about like what it's like finding the muse for both of you guys. Like what do you do in order to stay inspired? Obviously, and you're talking about like looking at photos, looking at art and things like that. But you know, are you are you guys someone who need that like when you get that spark like you have to create right away? Or are you able to like hold on to it and stretch it out? What, what's yeah? What's the, what does the muse look like for you guys? Again, broad question. Sorry about that. Yeah, for, for me, yeah. I guess it's um. So
1: I, I read more science fiction or fantasy books than I do read comics, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So my kind of heroes are people like uh, like Robert E. Howard, you know, Joe Abercrombie. So that those kind of books, you know, for the fantasy. I don't. I try. Then the, the problem then is you don't want to kind of borrow from those books, <laughs> so you don't want to be too influenced. But they do kind of fire you up. I think in terms of ideas and things, I tend to I tend to have them at random points, really, and then it's and they kind of evolve a little bit. Like at the minute, I'm writing a short story for a western. Why another western? Wild character and. Uh, And I want to introduce a new character, not Josiah Black, who's the main protagonist. But So when Josiah Black moves on, I want to keep Western while going because there's a lot of people come to us at cons and say, oh, Western horror, that's fantastic. don't see that very often. And we get a lot of interest, you know, so if that's not on the table anymore, then we'll lose those people. And I love Westerns. Uh, So I'm kind of writing a a short sort of seven-page segment of of an ongoing thing. Um, And it's kind of, I've done the the kind of plot, but it's it's the words over, the kind of lead into it sort of thing. And it'll come to me, and it came to me as I was walking down the road really that I thought all right okay that's how that's the beat that's the the angle I can put to it the danger is that by the time you get home after a busy day at work for example you've forgotten it (laughs) so you know you had a really good idea but you can't you can't for life you remember what it was that's the worst feeling ever um but this one I have retained I will write it down um but it it just comes randomly but I think I think everything can influence you and should influence you really just get bits from everything some program on tv someone might say something or Or something happens and it kind of fires off something else. You know, your head goes somewhere else with it, and you go, "Oh, that's a that's quite a good concept." Um, So I think it's kind of everything, really. Not so much art, I must say. Um, But then I'm not the artist. Um, But I do, I do kind of, I do visualize. I've I've chatted some. I think it was one of my ladies at work once, and she she reads books, but she doesn't visualize the thing it's in. So, you know, when you read a book, you're actually you're building that world picture in your head, aren't you? You're, you're building all the rings, you have the characters, they've all got a look and a feel, and they kind of go through. Some people don't. Some people just read the words, and they never, and I, and I didn't understand that was possible. You know, but that's, that, so I, do, I do love the visual side. And when I read books, I do visualize, and I love, but I, when, I, when I write these stories, I kind of, I love getting pages from Ian, for example, which are just like, you know, that's not, I didn't even think about how you draw that, but that's fantastic. And it's a bit of a pleasure you get because I see it all first, you know. So it's, <laughs> that's really good, you know. Ian,
2: I I have a, a lot of different things that um you know when people talk about their influences, it's not always very apparent in your work, but they are there in the background somewhere. It's something that you've seen and you're picking up on. And um like um have you ever heard of Brian Froud, who did like the creature and character design for things. Like the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth with Dave Bowen and all that kind of stuff. Well, I loved his work, and that I don't know if my work looks like his necessarily, um, but he is definitely an influence on me. Um, so some of those sort of like, if you like creature designers, um, we've talked about my like love of Jay Lee in the past, um, Bernie Wrightson as well as another one, uh, British artists, people like Simon Bisley, Simon Davis. Glenn Fabry, who, who um, Dave's managed to pick up a little sketch card for one of your other projects, didn't yeah. Dave? Yeah, he, as well. And um, there's a writer over here called uh, Terry Pratchett who does these Discworld novels. Not so much them, but there used to be an artist on the covers called Josh Kirby, yeah. who, who's a Liverpool-based artist. Sadly, he's passed away now. And I just love his artwork as well. So a lot of the artwork from fantasy genres, not necessarily just comics, you know, people who've worked in film Mm. and just done fantasy illustrations and posters. People like Drew Struzan as well, who did all the old movie posters and stuff like that um, for Blade Runner and things like that. They're all going into it. And then um, little things as well, like you might have a family member or a friend that you use as a starting point for a character. Um, all all of kia's have got a rose and a robin in them somewhere, because m- my daughters are called Eva Rose and Tara Robin. So all the way through it, you have to have to look <laughs> out for. Oh, there's a oh, that's little, cool. A rose somewhere and there's a robin somewhere in all of them. So um, I
3: didn't know that. I will look. <laughs> Ian, that's a That's that's so sweet. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> that's just awesome. Yeah, that's a. Those are great answers, guys. Thanks for sharing that with me, because that's like that's always something I wonder about, especially with people like you guys who're doing so much at once. That's that. How do you, how do you stay inspired to keep that workflow going? Because it's so important to keep that skill fueled with with something. When I work,
2: well, I was just going to say when I work for Pat, that's one of the most overwhelming things because I don't know how well you guys know him, but he has worked with the. Like all my favorite artists, most of the ones I've just l- listed, he's worked with. Like Simon Davis, his work on Slain was amazing. Simon Bisley, I-, I think he's someone that Americans would know as well. He started out with Pat on on ABC Warriors and Home God and stuff like that. And that is where you, that's where it can get a bit straight- strange because he'll say, uh, "Ian, have a look at Glenn Fabry's work on this," and like he's asking you to hit those standards and that's where you're like, right. But it's nice <laughs> that you've got that self-belief in you that you can get there if it yeah. keeps on pushing. Yeah. So
1: yeah. and I was I was gonna say that the kind of the hardest thing for me is kind of because it's usually a year between issues, it's keeping that momentum going in your head. So so with one of the stories I wrote the whole thing and it's taken ten years, I think, to be completed. <laughs> it's only about it's only about seven or like, this is Stevenson's robots probably about seven or eight issues, but you know, people, the, the artist says, oh, Dave, what happens on this page? I'm like, oh, I wrote that 10 years ago. I've go and find the script for a start, you know. <laughs> you know, so there's that, that's one of the things. So with, you know, so I have the ideas and, and with, with Ian, with this one, as we say, we'll, t- we'll chat a thought bubble and I'll, I'll try and work out where I need to start ramping up and start to pull the whole, you know, I've got the concept of where the story's going to go. But it's a case of, and with Ian, because he's, I keep thinking you're going to be nabbed by somebody bigger than me, you know, um, I keep thinking I've got, I've got to be able to write a two issue exit so that I can then get someone else maybe to take on the character in another story. So I'm always keeping that in mind as well. And I know Ian, you, you're going to stay with him, which is great, but, you know. I
2: am yeah. going to stay with it. I, I, I'm i only going to work on Hellbreaker and Keir Wordsmith. And like, it may be that sometimes we have to stretch out the timelines a little bit, yeah. but. Yeah. It, I, I've proved to myself it's possible. I mean, I was working on Hellbreaker for the Space Warp anthology at the same time we were doing issue two of Keir Wordsmith, and that all came out. So it's definitely, it's yeah. doable. It. Everything's achievable, isn't it, if you just put yeah. your words
0: together. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So we, we've talked a lot about uh, story and process and inspiration, but I want to make sure that we talk a little bit more about the, the, the Kickstarter and, and where we're at and you know, the different kind of things that we can get um dave as i'm guessing you're the guy looking at the numbers uh on the dashboard are you seeing um and i know that you guys talk about you know new readers um are you keeping track of like all right this is somebody who's consistently a kia fan that comes every time this looks like somebody so, yeah. who just came came in for three you want to talk a little bit about what you're seeing so so one one
1: of the things i do do which is it's maybe a little bit anal but it's uh, i keep a list of every backer so all the emails Addresses I've got a spreadsheet, and all the after the after the event I will go and put all the all the email addresses, and I'll tick which of the which of their books they have backed, and you get people that just do. We did a, an asylum mm. thing, which is like a steampunk kind of um, event book, and you get certain people. They those backers never back anything else. You know, I get the Western Wild backers that back all the Western Wild stories, but they might they might try some other things, and it's it's, it's really interesting. I, I will kind of analyze it one day. I'm a data person anyway, but uh, but yes, I do that. When I mail out, I tend to mail out to all those backers. You know, I have all the A's and send them an email saying we've got a new Kickstarter. So that's the first thing I do that night. Um, I do, I do. So with this one, it's it's interesting because we've got so of the backers for this for this issue, we've got a third of them have just backed the issue, and then the other two thirds have backed Scar and the issue, and that's like that kind of gives me some insight. in some people just into your art probably. And others kind of are into the story as well, you know. So they kind of they back the scar. So it's it's great. It's really interesting. I'll share them with you when I, when they all come through. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, and there's a, the the problem that they mentioned that the the postage costs are just ridiculous. So there's a lot of digital backers, you know, and I try and make that attractive as well. Um, you know, the people that I've I've seen people that charge a ridiculous price for just the PDF, and I'm thinking I can't I can't pay that because it just seems so expensive. It just seems wrong to me. I mean, I get it. It's still a comic, but um and with the Western Wild, because it's such a weighty book, what I tended to do was with to cover the postage, I gave three other things. So like the, the other things that cost, you know, trying to make up the amount that they to make the difference between so they paid the same postage effectively um as the Europeans. And the difference was made up with like a free bestiary, which is a little extra book we did, little special things. Um mm-hmm. just to kind of so that although they're paying that they're being forced to have those things rather than given a choice, I'm still trying to say not, I'm not going to charge you 15 pounds to send this out. You're going to pay a five, like everybody else, but you'll get things worth 10 pounds. They're in there extra. So it's that all that you can do, because as you know, printing a book isn't as expensive as the reader as the cover price. So you can kind of offset things a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is tough. It is tough. Going back to that whole
2: PDF thing, it's great that you can keep those prices down, because sometimes you really want to back a project, and you think. I, I haven't got much money this month, but I want to back it. I want to show my support. And then you go and, like, people stitch themselves up because you're like, that's pretty pricey for that PDF. I just want I, – I don't want to be spending a big chunk yeah, of my yeah. money on one file. But um, so it's good that we can, add, can keep yeah. that as well. Just, like we said, making it as accessible as possible. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a long and, day uh, – Especially if you've got yeah, an yeah. off game series, it's a long game, isn't it you want people to you want to kind of snowball and get more and more people reading it with each issue and so you know for every new issue you get new backers, which is great, but it's also great to see the previous backers come forward again.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's that's when you know you're hitting something because the people they've read it before, they've
3: paid their money, they want to pay the money for the next one. And that's that's really good. And that's yeah, that's something that we've agreed on before in previous episodes. Matt's probably about to say the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we generally, you know, when we're doing something, if if we're doing a PDF or a digital download, it's it's very cost um effective. And I'll even get people messaging me going, Hey, I'm sorry, the only thing I can do is mm-hmm. get the digital copy and I'll write them back like almost right away, like, please don't apologize for you know, yeah. I'm just happy that you you have the book. Please don't don't send me an apology saying this is only the thing I can do. This is this is perfectly You know, this makes us happy, you know, don't, don't, please don't apologize. And then the other thing is, is that like, when we price our physical books, we try to be as competitive with a DC or Marvel book as possible because, you know, you know, a book with Spider-Man or Batman on the cover is going to sell itself. So like, we don't want to price ourselves out of, you know, that, that, you know, that decision-making like, oh, this looks really cool. But this thing that I I know and I yeah. you know I've yeah. loved for so much is as this price. And do I really want to take a chance on this this yeah. new cool thing? So it's a it's a game that you have to sort of figure out the best spot to sit in. When you think about
2: all the competition that's out there, the fact that you get one reader is amazing. When you think that you've got the whole of Marvel, the whole of DC, all the image titles out there, and people are choosing to back your thing that you're making in a room in your house. really behind you that the fact you can get one reader is amazing so if you can get a lot like we're lucky enough that we're starting to get quite a few readers it's just an amazing feeling and every single one is like hugely appreciated yeah that's the way i see it
3: anyway yeah yeah Ian, i want to take that sound clip and have it set to like a ringtone or something like that. So I can remain inspired. That's that's a really good sentiment to keep close by. That's yeah, I love that.
0: So guys, I'm looking at the the Kickstarter right now. Uh we have uh just a little under under two weeks uh to go. We're recording this um, you know, mid to late October. Um what's the what's the final day to to get in and, and back this Kickstarter? I think it's the end of the month, so I think I did it. I think it might be just into. I you asked me like, I, don't know.
1: <laughs> I think it's it's either the first couple of days in November or at the end of this month.
0: Okay. Um, and you, so guys are, um, you guys are, you um, guys are, you guys are are tracking pretty well. Um, what's the sort of the the you know you, obviously you guys are on a on a podcast talking about process and story and also the the Kickstarter um you know ian is able to to post art on on instagram that's going to grab people but dave what's your sort of philosophy about you know getting the the word out and, and getting eyes and ears on on the project it's, it's basically updates i don't i don't
1: understand maybe you can help me here so if, if you do an update to people that are watching it do they get the updates or is it just the people that backed it so that's one thing that i'm never quite sure on um but do you know that
0: Yeah, updates are
1: going to go just to backers. Um, Yeah, that's what I thought, which is a shame, really. So, if the watches, what you're trying to do is attract the watches, aren't you, to kind of make the decision? decision. So, I tend to use the Kickstarter itself and put little things and keep that kind of growing as you add new stretch goals and things. Uh, Twitter Twitter seems to be more successful, but and facebook groups so previously i've gone to all the different facebook groups and that that has a very limited traction really you know the, the creating comics and the, there's one for Kickstarter. all this stuff doesn't seem to generate anything in my observation yeah, I,
0: agree. I agree with you I, I i go in and i post on those groups yeah. and it's i don't think that you know it's just something that's like hey you know it's here i'm gonna post and sort of, sort of throw out a line here but you know yeah. not a lot of stuff comes back from that yeah no, 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 so. no, no. And the
1: interesting thing is that, you know, so what, what, the years I did do all of that, I did so much of it for one, well, I think it might have been the in-between actually. And I still got people at the end of it saying, oh, I can't, I missed it. I can't, I can't believe I missed it. How do I get hold of it? You're thinking, <laughs> well, what more could I have done? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, go fly past your house with a one of those airplanes or something. But <laughs> I don't know what more you could do, you know, so you're thinking. But then if you think about how you use Twitter, it, you go in every now and then, you're not on there all day. And it's catching that, you know, that moment, I guess, when the person's gone on and it's not hundred tweets behind you know it's that sure. so it's almost like you can't do too much i think in a way but although i don't want to annoy people but it almost comes to a point when actually twitter i think is probably the best because uh, it just gets out there um i think facebook has been not so great i think ian with the instagram is really good because he has people that watch his art and they're already interested mm-hmm. um so i've just moved from accent uk into a company called time bomb time bomb comics um so i've become one of their partners directors what you want going to call it um and we are going to have a proper marketing budget so we're working out we're trying to get a proper business because before it's always it's again it's the the hobby becomes a bit more so it's a little bit of a danger zone you know because i don't want it to become a business um, but sometimes you have to kind of speculate to accumulate you have to spend money on marketing you have to try these new things um so we're discussing a few things that individually as small well. so time bomber a bit like same sort of size same kind of struggles etc merging together hopefully we can become something a bit bigger and try and take a few more risks and try, try a few things that we haven't tried before because they were too big for one of us you know so so yeah it's I think a marketing budget is a thing that we and I've never been very good at marketing to be fair but I think we need to start to think about how we Advertising things like 2008 ad over here, or or this new comic called Shift, which is on the newsstands, it's getting that visibility really, um, cool. but it's it's expensive.
0: Yeah, definitely. um I think cool
2: things like this podcast is a great way. You know, everyone of your listeners is getting to hear all the philosophy behind it and what we're thinking. And it's probably the best way you can get people, you know, is is to be on for. That's why we appreciate you guys letting us come on, you know, because this is where I think it, it's podcasts, it's people's word of mouth is the thing that sells your comic, I think, the most. Yeah. And people saying, oh, like, um, Instagram's helpful to a point. I don't know how you guys have found your Instagram, though. I think the new algorithms... I used to put a post up and it get maybe somewhere between 600 to nearly a 1,000 likes now. If I get 200, I'm doing well. They've definitely done something to the whole algorithm, so not as many people are seeing it. Um, But I still think Dave's right. It's a great way of getting work out there and people know about it. I think at some point as well, you've got to sort of accept that the people who want that comic probably know it's out there and it's just a waiting game because... You know, um, sometimes you back it at the end because you're waiting for a payday or or whatever it is, isn't it? So you you just have to sort of stay calm and think you'll get the readers. You know, the readers will come to you. It just you will have days where it's quiet and then you'll have days like this week. It's been relatively quiet. And I think we had one day where we picked up multiple backers and I can't really explain why we got them all on that one day it was just that's just the way it is sometimes so yeah i think tracking and looking for patterns and stuff is great it, there's got to be value in it definitely but sometimes you just got to just just think it is what it is we're putting a comic out there it's a shop window people are going to browse some some people we can steer towards a comic and some people are just going to pick it up at random as like a, you know a, uh, just sort of like a, a, a I don't know what to call it what would you call it an, an impulse buy right yeah. they just kind of think oh looks good I'll, I'll give that a go
1: yeah
2: yeah
3: yeah um, and also I mean like I can't you're, you're really your Patreon is just something I think we need to plug as much as we can Ian because it's Thanks. great to see all your process and also you posted your older work on there too which is I loved looking at yeah. that earlier in the year yeah it was, well, uh, that, it was really great that,
2: that Roanoke comic that I posted up on there, yeah. that is the one that I showed Dave. I that's the one that I got. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that was really nice. I The thing I like about Patreon is really just it becomes like a little online library that it's kind of I'd almost do it just to do it but it's nice that people want to support it as well and I keep that again as accessible as it's like a £1 a month fee for people mm-hmm. to just look at the artwork and then there's tiers where they can pay a bit more, but everyone that's on that, you know, really appreciate it. Cause it's just, it's just a nice thing to do to be able to show what you're working on. The little bits and pieces I do for Pat and bits that I do for Dave. I put all the issue, all the, all the pencil pages for issue three are on there. So um, if you want to, you can go back and you can see them all as well. So yeah, um, that was a really nice and it, and it's a great way to get feedback off people that really enjoy your work and what they think of your work as well. So people do comment and message me about it. So that's really good as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to so- definitely link the, uh, the, the Patreon in the, in the show notes for, for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, so let's do this. We're, we're pushing about an hour here, so I think we're going to wrap things up. Um, You know, Dave, you you talked earlier about the uh the sort of the elevator pitch. Do you wanna go over, you know, Kia and and what we can expect in in issue three, um, as we have the the Kickstarter going on?
1: Yeah, sure. So so the first two issues and the in between, I guess, have kind of dwelt on on just Kia and how she navigates the world she's in, which is a lot of magic and creatures and, and science. Um issue three, there's there's a there's a whole world of politics behind it all. There's, there's a world scene, there's, there's a council that run the city, which is effectively, the, in the world, the city is a, effectively a country. and When they kind of expand, they expand the walls of the city and that's how it kind of grows. So, um, so the council has its usual kind of, you know, magician, the kind of merchant leader, the thieves leader, and et cetera, and the scientist, etc And they're making decisions and you get to start to feel that there's a level of politics above the world of the characters that you, you've seen before and they're kind of, they're all being manipulated, maybe. Um, so it's kind of a, yeah, I'm trying to kind of make it a bigger story while still having time to follow Kia <laughs> as she progresses through what she's going through. So so hopefully it balances that, and that was a challenge really to kind of, it's a start to make it the, the bigger picture and tell the bigger story, but not lose track of the, of the, the characters themselves. So otherwise it becomes a bit more of a, I don't know, um, and I don't know, I guess a book rather than a, than a kind of an interactive kind of comic, if you want to see it that way. Cool.
2: So, yeah. The start so, of it reminded me of that film Clash of the Titans, where all the gods meet up. So, you know, um, <laughs> that old film where the, all yeah. the gods meet, so all the characters, like, larger-than-life characters, and there's, like, the god of... Oh, the. There's a guy who's, like, about balance, so he's sort of designed, so he's very symmetrical, but one half is sort of... Um, done in a dark blue and the other one's done in a light blue to represent sort of like day and night kind of thing and stuff yeah. like that so there's all sorts of different things going on and then the other part of the book is like a team up book where it's getting the squad together it's like he is building her own little team that are going to protect her and that's where we get this dog dog-headed character called door coming in okay. um so i really like that because i i like all those ray harry house and films and stuff like that as well so that's how I saw it. Especially when I was doing the first bit, I was like, Clash of the Titans, all these people in this sort of like circular room all talking things through and then and then we cut to a bit more of action and, and getting the getting the band back together kind of situation with Kia. Yeah. But the, the
1: yeah, other,
2: actually, I just wanna mention this before we move on. The the thief that's in the first books. He, he takes, um, without giving too much away, he's in a fight in one of the earlier issues. And we really wanted to make sure that he started off as this really handsome guy. Yeah. And as it's going along, he's getting more and more beat up. He's already got a scar running through his face. And now like half of his face is covered in a bandage as well. So yeah. that's a really he he's a really fun character to draw as well. I think he's just getting gradually more and more uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and the, the good thing <laughs> that I also, also tend to do with Western wine, and I'm doing it with Kia now a little bit. Is uh, there's other stories that, that in the universe that I want to tell to sort of like why why is there a war with these creatures that are coming through these lizard things? Yeah. So so there'll be another story like the one with Scar, which explains how Scar got a got his scar across the face, not the <laughs> you know his first cut <laughs> of disfigurement. So there'll be another one with the wizard. You know, there'll be there'll be other little stories by different artists. Um, but you know, so you know, Ian I actually changed the name of that dog character. Ian, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so you know, so it's just it's just good fun. I mean, I, I love I love doing it. If it's not if it's not fun, it's it's something you, you just don't want to do. I don't do another chore, you know. But enough chores, so it's got to be yeah. fun. I think I think Ian, you said that early on. This is you know, if Ian says that it's going to take me a year and a half to do issue four. It will take a year and a half. You know, that's that's it. I never pressure. I don't I don't really mind. It's it's just fun to do.
0: Yeah, so love that, Dave. Where's the? Uh, it sounds like Twitter might be the best place to to follow you online. Um, uh, we'll we'll link your your Twitter. But besides that, is there any places online to keep up with what you're working on? Well, I have a little blog which I I've called Strangest of Times at blogspot.com, okay. which
1: I tend to go into. I need to make an effort to do more of that. But, uh, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll tend to put things on there. Uh, we're going as so I say, I'm going through a bit of a change at the moment, moving into Time Bomb. So that's we're kind of working out how that all works. Mm-hmm. There'll be more on the Time Bomb website. They're re- reinvigorating that at the moment. All my books, all of our books, will be on that website to buy um, cool. anywhere in the world. So that's that's going to be possible soon as well.
0: Cool. We'll we'll definitely link that in in the show notes. And we 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 hinted at this that uh, Ian is um, on instagram and and patreon um and we're going to link those um you do a little bit of facebook too right ian
2: yeah i i never was on anything other than instagram for ages and then i I did uh, facebook and i actually think for me facebook's work quite well because I know pretty much everyone who I'm friends with in there is, is a comic artist in some way. I've got like my friend group on there, and then I've got mm-hmm. my comic artist group on there as well. So uh, at least I know it's going to people within our indie sort of scene as well. Um, so just I'm just Ian Ashcroft on Facebook, and then Instagram it's Ian.ashcroft.art. And I think it's Ian Ashcroft on Patreon
0: as well. It's all, I've tried to keep it as simple to find me as possible. Sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, you know, we're gonna link everything, but most importantly, we're gonna we're gonna link the Kickstarter and the you know in the show notes, uh, so you can grab whatever pod player you're using. You know, hit the show notes, scroll down, hit that link, and go directly uh, to the to the Kickstarter. But guys, it's been awesome catching up with you guys. Um, You know, hopefully we can talk uh, more projects in the in the future. Um, Noah, do you have uh, any final thoughts or questions before we do the the outro? Just ditto. Love it,
1: guys.
0: Cool. Awesome. Hey, good to see you again, both of you. Thank you. Yep, no yeah, no worries. So if, okay. if you want to follow the the podcast, we're on Twitter and that is at ConstructComPod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructing Comics. It's also going to be a second Kickstarter link uh, in the show notes for the Concrete Arcanum anthology. That's a anthology that's on Kickstarter that I wrote a story for. But I just want to thank everybody for, for listening. Please be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics.